Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We thank you for the instructions of the Spirit. We thank you because of who you are to us. We thank you for the anointing to teach. We yield ourselves to you today, open ourselves to the word of God, and we pray that we'll be guided and instructed from your word in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's have our sits as we get into the word tonight. Praise God. All right. Praise God. Okay. We, we would continue from... Um, uh, instructions for Christian households. Instructions for Christian households. And essentially, what we are looking at is God's instruction to us as believers. God's instruction to us as believers on how we can conduct um, the affairs of our homes and our marriages, and uh, we are looking at Paul's perspective from Ephesians chapter 5. And um, in the first session, we took our time to read the whole of Ephesians chapter 5, and I believe that um, you still have that fresh in your mind. And so, I want to start this evening from verse... 20, from verse 20, and we're going to stop at verse 33, and then we're going to build on two major points today, and then we'll have a conversation. From verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So one of the things you find there very clearly is, first of all, the principle of mutual submission. The principle of mutual submission. And this mutual submission is within the context of the fear of God. It says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So, Paul was first of all building a case about mutual submission. And that is very important because sometimes as believers, if we're not careful, we will run to the extreme in certain portions of scriptures. We would run to one extreme in certain portions of scripture. And, um, and, you know, uh, the other part run to this other extreme. So, I'll give you an example, for instance. Um, you might find people who say that, um, you know, they are big on wives submitting. So, they're big on that verse of scripture, right? But if you take only that verse of scripture, and you keep hammering on that, and keep teaching on that, and keep doing stuff on that, if you take that verse of scripture, what you're going to find out is the fact that you're going to take that truth to the extreme, right? So every truth in scripture must be within the context of that scripture, okay? So before Paul starts building a case on before Paul starts building a case on the issue of submission, the first thing Paul talks about is submitting to one another. In what? In the fear of God. So we must understand the concept of the fear of God. That nothing we're teaching in Ephesians chapter 5 is, how do I put it now? Nothing we're teaching in Ephesians chapter 5 should be practiced outside of the fear of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, are we together? Because Paul was addressing believers. You know, sometimes we take the Bible 
And we use it to address other people, right? So we take the Bible and try to, you know, I remember one time I, was, I had the opportunity to counsel with someone. And I was counseling them and sharing with them the truth of God's word. But I found that they were resisting. So I asked the man, is the word of God the final authority in your life? He said, he's not sure. So I said, well, I can't help you, right? Because now you want to do a bit of God's word, then you want to add a bit of psychology to it. Praise God. You have to trust God. If God's word is final authority in your life, then just go as the word says and trust God that God's word will act, will do exactly what it says it will do. Praise God. So, so, so it's important for us to understand that Paul was addressing believers. Paul was addressing believers. So he says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. The next verse, verse 22, it says, Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Verse 25, husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, nevertheless, so you have some people who, when they are teaching this scripture, they say, well, Paul was actually trying to teach about Christ and the church, and they are right. But you know, Paul goes on to say, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she also respect her husband. So do you see what Paul says there? Because there are some people who just say, Well, this is actually talking about the church. Right? Come on now. He says, he's talking about the church. Nobody can practice this. You know, but Paul says, Well, this is a mystery concerning the church. But he says, Nevertheless, nevertheless, it's like saying, well, we're actually teaching a mystery concerning the church. But hey guys, listen. Do this thing. Act it out. Leave it out. He says, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife. So love his own wife as himself. So love his own wife as himself. So love his own wife as himself. How? Just as he was talking about that Christ did what? Love the church. And let the wife see also that she respects her husband. So you see, Paul starts out by using the example of marriage. He talks about that what I'm actually trying to teach you is the relationship of Christ and the church. But then he goes forward and say, well, guys, see, the truth of the matter is that get this thing acted, live this way. So we can conclude very well that Paul was using this to build a theological framework for us concerning the subject of marriage. Now, unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know which one works best there. Unfortunately, a lot of believers don't respond to... Um, a, a lot of believers, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, people wonder why is the attendance not much? You know, why are people not coming? You see, the, the, the truth of the matter is that a lot of believers are not trained to respond to scriptural-based programs. How do I put it now? Now, if you were, if, if, and, I, and I can play that out for you, if we were to do 
a, a program, for instance, like a couple's meeting, right? And we say, well, we're going to have a couple's dinner. Um, uh, we're going to ask questions. What do you like about your husband? We're going to do uh, magic deep. We're going to do wind gifts. Then uh, you uh, come dress with your husband to be candlelight dinner. You know, you know, people feel they respond to those things because they feel that those are the things that keeps marriages. I, I don't have any problem with all of that. But you see, we must learn to respond to the things of the Spirit just as it is in Scripture. Or for instance, even if you were to, and I'm going to go there now, even if you were to teach something around sex in marriage, you see that the response will be high because we feel that that is what keeps marriages. Are you following what I'm saying? So, but when you call believers together and say, come, let's examine, I mean, I, I remember somebody picking up the, the, the flyer and I say, exactly what, what is, how is, you know, they, they couldn't understand the topic because it doesn't flow with our regular way we are like marriage meetings to be like. And I said that in the beginning when I started in the first session that the believer must learn to open himself to the word of God. Now, when you watch a movie or you listen to psychologists and you listen to all these people talk and they say, this is how to keep your marriage, this is how to keep your marriage, this is how to keep your marriage. Well, the truth of the matter is this. I'll tell you this, right? There's nobody, there's no two people that are alike. Am I right? Come on, are we right? There are no two people that are alike. You see, your marital experiences will always be different. Even if I use myself as an example, the condition, I, I, I did social studies, so I know a bit of sociology. The, the framework of my mind, the framework of my wife's mind, the framework of the, our environment, our circumstances, I can't factor all of that into teaching my experience. Praise the name of the Lord. So let me give you an example, for instance. If I have a wife who is very quiet, right? She's quiet, she's not outspoken. I can teach certain things. If I'm teaching from my experience, I'm just giving you the reason why we, go, we choose to go through this route in dealing with marriage teachings. Now, I can teach my, teach my experience. I say, you know, if you, if you have a wife, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And why am I teaching that? I'm teaching that because of the kind of person my wife is. Now, if you take that same example and put it with somebody who is married to a talkative, <laughs> you are going to amplify certain things that will not be amplified in my own case. Do you, do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? So that is why I chose that for us in, in, in looking at the concept of marriage and dealing with marriage within the context of our local church, let's just teach the word of God the way it is. And then everybody go take the word of God and put it in your situation, praise God, and then what will happen? The word will work exactly the way it says it will work, praise God. Okay, so uh, the word submit... It, it, it doesn't sound so well nowadays in our generation, right? Because everybody's fighting for their rights. But the word submit is the Greek word hopotasso. It means to subordinate, to obey, to subdue unto. So the Bible says in verse 22 that wives are to submit. Now, look at that word, to Come on now. Your own husband. Now, if the Bible has said, wives should submit to their husband, or wives submit to husband, I'm sure it would have been correct, right? English-wise. But why did he put to your own husband? Why did he put to your own husband? Why, why do you think the Bible says submit to your own husband? <laughs> because I'll tell you, it's easy to submit to someone you don't know. Praise God. It's easy to submit to someone you don't know. You don't see their weakness. You don't see their frailty. You don't see their wickedness. Praise God. <laughs> so it's easy for a woman, for instance, to submit to a boss in the office because of that line of authority. It would be easy for another woman to submit to the pastor in the church because of that line of authority. I, I'm, am I right? It's easy to submit to a stranger. Because you don't know them. So a stranger will always put his perfect, his best foot forward. But Paul says no, that you are to submit to your own husband. So that means your submission starts from your own husband. And that's where the biggie is. Because 
your own husband might have some faults and frailties that submitting might be an issue. That's where right now we've got to test the word of God. So he says, submit to your own husband. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3 verse 18. The Bible says a matter of two or three witnesses. A word shall be established. Will be established. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18. Praise God. Praise God. He says, wives, submit to your own husband as is fitting in the Lord. Now, I said before, and I'll emphasize again, that no instructions of Paul should be taken out of the context of the fact that these things should be done in the Lord. So he was addressing believers. So he says, submit to your own husband as it is fitting in the Lord. Praise God. Go to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 and verse 5. Titus chapter 2 and verse 5. Let's start reading from verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. That the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderous, not given to too much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. So we see Paul writing in Colossians and writing to Titus, was very big on you submitting to your own husband. That's where the word of God is tested. That's where the practice of God's word is tested. Praise God. Praise God. That's where the practice of God's word is tested. Now, go back now to Ephesians chapter 5, our key text. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5 now. And verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Praise God. As Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband in how many things? That's a tough word right there. In how many things? In everything or in all things? In all things, right. In everything. Okay, come on, that's the word of God, right? I mean, that's God's word. I didn't put that there. So, what this is telling us is that we cannot choose our areas of submission. Praise God. We cannot do what? Choose our areas of submission. We cannot say... That I'm going to submit in this area, and uh, I don't think I'm going to submit in this area. <laughs> but how many of you know that's tough, right? Submitting in everything. That's tough. That's why it is very important that we are careful about our choices in marriage. It's very important. You know, I was thinking today that maybe some of these messages, I'll just teach them on a Sunday morning. It could also help the young people. Because if you realize that this man, I'm going to have to submit to him in everything, then you want to make the right decisions. You know, for us now, there's no going back. We're already in it. So you can't say, oh, pastor, I, I realize now. I think I'll change my mind. You can't change your mind. But how many of you know that if some of us have this knowledge, right, when we're making our choices, we're not going to look at other things than the things we looked at. So you're going to first of all ask yourself, can I submit to this man in everything? Because you look at some men and you say, well, I can submit to him in this area, in this area, but in this area, no way. But the Bible says that the wives should be submitted to their husbands in everything. 
Do you remember that he is comparing the marriage situation to the church situation, right? So you, it's the same way of saying to Jesus, I'm going to submit in this area, but I'm not going to submit in this area. How many of you know you can't say that to the Lord? You have to be submitted to the Lord in every area of your life. So the same way, you have to be submitted, praise God, to your husband in everything. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Now he goes on to say, he goes on to say, Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. <laughs> husbands. Now here Paul is addressing, talks about mutual submission. Now talks about the wife. Deals with the issue of the wife. The issue of submission. We dealt with that in the first session. We talked about Sarah calling Abraham Lord. Then Paul now comes up and now wants to address the husband. And says, husbands, love your wives. Just as. The word just as in the Greek is kathos. C-K-K-K-A-T-H-O-S. According to. In the same measure, in the same proportion, as Christ. So it's like you're comparing two things and say, I want you to do this just as this one did this. Or I want this, your obedience in this area to be the exact same proportion as this person obeyed in this area. Praise God. So that's what Paul is saying. He says, husbands, love your wife just as katos. In proportion to, to the measure, to the standard in which Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her. Let's, let's meditate and pause and think about that. Because in growing up as a believer, and I'm sure most of you share that experience, you realize that every time we talk about Ephesians chapter 5 in marriage, the one verse we are all used to, both the husband and the man, is what? Wives to submit. Am I right? Come on, come on. Am I right? Everybody knows that verse. Wives submit, children will be. They are the two most popular verses when we're thinking homes. But you know, as I began to study this verse of scripture, I, in fact, that's, I mean, for, for those of you who worship with us for a long time, you know, I'm not, I don't like doing things because other churches are doing. So you have a couple's meeting because they have a couple's meeting. No, but one of the reasons that prompted me to have these meetings was, as I began to study this verse, I realized that God had more responsibilities for the men in marriages than the women. I mean, as we begin to build up, you'll discover that from here right down to the end, everything was now about the man. I wish we had more men to hear this, but that's the truth. That's the responsibility. The responsibility was more on the man. You know, but we, 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 we grew up in a twisted Christian version where it's the woman trying to keep the home. It's the woman trying to pray so that the man will not leave. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of burden on the women to maintain the marriage it went in the real sense, the commandment to keep the home was built on the woman. You know, because what we do is we just run off to Proverbs 31. But how many of you know that, listen, Proverbs 31 is as much a valid scripture as Ephesians chapter 5. It's as much as valid. Praise God. Praise God. So he says, husbands, love your wives. This is a direct commandment. But he gives us the measurements of love as Christ also loved the church. So you don't love your wife, listen now, based on her performance. Okay. The word for love used there is the word agape. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So, the love that Paul defines for the husband in marriage is sacrificial love. It's unconditional love. It's a love that is not merited. Am I right? Okay. <laughs> Let's now look at how did Christ love the church. We'll come back here, right? Go to Galatians chapter 1 verse 14 quickly. Galatians 1 14. Let's look at Christ, how Christ loved the church. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 14. Am I right? No. 
Galatians 1, 4. Great, verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil way, according to the will of God our Father. So Jesus gave himself up. Sacrificial. Ephesians 5, 2. Ephesians 5, 2. And walk in love, as Christ also has loved us, and had given himself for us, an offering, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So, this was talking about the God kind of sacrifice. Talking about the God kind of sacrifice. Praise the name of the Lord. So, we, we observe that the sacrifice of Jesus for the church was purely sacrificial. Was purely sacrificial. Now, I'm going to read an Old Testament example about um, in Genesis chapter 20. Let's read that story. It's a very interesting story about Abraham. How he was very selfish in making a choice concerning his wife. Genesis chapter 20 verse 1. I'm going to read that quickly. Praise God. Now, you remember, uh, you, you remember the whole story, right? About Abraham, okay? How he was going from place to place, and then he said that uh, Sarah was his sister. And he did this because, essentially, he was afraid. He was afraid. Now, you remember God warning Abimelech in the dream, Genesis 20. Let's read from verse, verse uh, 10 quickly. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, what do you have in view that you have done this thing? And Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife, but indeed she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. So you see, Abraham here was going through this place, Genesis 20, go back home and read the whole story, and, and tell Sarah, that please, anywhere we go, <laughs> please, uh, I, I just want to say, verse 10, Dev, no, 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 that's not what I want, I, I want, okay, Let's go. verse 13, and it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, Abraham saying to Sarah, this is your kindness that you should do for me, in every place wherever we go, say of me, he is my brother. So you, saw, you see what Sarah did for Abraham right here. Abraham, instead of putting the wife first and loving the wife, actually goes on out of fear now and tells the wife, everywhere we go, say, you're my sister. And he didn't say that because that's actually what he wanted people to know, but he was afraid that they were going to kill me. So you see, in this place, Abraham put himself first. Put his safety first. And had to tell the wife to cooperate in this regard. Now, this is not the kind of love that Paul was talking about. This is not a self-sacrifice. This is not a self-sacrificing love. It is rather a self-preservative love. Praise the name of the Lord. Because, now listen very carefully, and that's why the Bible is a complete book, because you've got all kinds of stories there where I can learn very, very important lessons from. Because, because of that one action, Abimelech took Sarah and wanted to sleep with her. It took God to intervene to stop Abimelech from sleeping with Sarah. Which means that because of that one action, Abraham was put, um, Abraham, Sarah, sorry, was, was made vulnerable until the Lord had to intervene. Now, why do I say that? Or why am I saying all of this? It's because the context of submission must be built on the fact that the man who you are submitting to respects the word of God enough to make the word of God his final authority and is acting in agape love. If not, you're going to have a man make you submit to his love when it is self-preservative. 
I, I don't know if you, if you follow what I'm saying. So we cannot take the concept of submission alone without talking about the fact that the man that God says you should submit to is the man that loved the wife as Christ loved the church. That's why I said from the beginning that these instructions were to believers who made the word of God the final authority in their lives. I'll tell you the number one problem we have in Christian marriages. The number one problem we have in Christian marriages is where men and women are not growing spiritually together. That's the, that's the, it's a big issue. You, if you look at most, most homes, it's the, it's, the, it's the problem. You look at most homes, that's what you find. You can find a very highly spiritual wife and a very lazy spiritual man. Or some you find a very highly spiritual man and you find a very lazy spiritual woman. And you discover that the energies of mutual growth are spent in lifting one up another. You will have problems. There's no two ways about it. It's not a prayer point. If both of you are not growing together in the faith, you're going to have challenges. Because this is where the challenge is going to come from. You're going to respond to God's word from two different levels entirely. I, I, are, you, are you following what I'm saying now? Come on, are you, are you still with me? So I've just given you an example of the fact that, listen, although Sarah went ahead and submitted, but certain actions can come out of self-preservation. And that was not what Paul was teaching. That's why I showed you that example. This is not what Paul was teaching. Paul was teaching the kind of love that Christ had for the church, which is what? Self-sacrificing. Self-sacrificing. And that is the kind of love that God wants us to exemplify in our homes. That we love our wives as Christ loved the church. And that will mean a lot of death to ourselves. That will mean a lot of humility on our part. That is why it will take the grace of God for both parties to obey the word of God. And you know how much harmony we have in our homes if the man loved as Christ loved the church and the wife submits as unto the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. And that's why, you see, I believe that these are the things that believers should be taught the more. It's good. You know, make your bed well, buy bed sheet, make sure before the man comes you have sprayed the house, buy perfume, don't forget his anniversary, don't forget his birthday, look for what he likes to eat, help him pack his shoes when he's going to work, make sure you kiss him first thing in the morning, last thing at night, kiss him in the middle of the night, you know, make sure. Uh, those things are good. But those are external actions. There's something eternal that God wants to build in every man and woman that is the essence that brings us into a perfect marriage. Praise the name of the Lord. Because I'll tell you this, right? All those things, let me take an example. All those things will work well, right? When, as you keep following the Lord, the Lord will begin to prompt you to do certain things for your wife. You just feel an inward witness. The Holy Spirit will just speak to you. Oh, get this for your wife. Oh, do this for your husband. Those things will meet their exact needs much more than the ten steps. I'm not saying anything is wrong with those things. Please understand my perspective. But I'm just saying that those are not the first things. Are you following what I'm saying? You can do all of those things from just self-preservation. Not the sacrificial love that the scriptures ask of us. Praise God. Okay. So, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5 now. Is that fine? Let's go back there. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25 now. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. How did God love the church? Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. How did Christ do this? Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Let this mind be in you, mind, look at that, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance of, 
as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So you realize that what Christ had to do in showing the sacrificial love was to humble himself and die for us and give himself up for us. Now the Bible says, Paul said very clearly, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that means that when you come into this context in your home, you know you are no longer loving your wife because of her actions. You're loving her because the word of God tells you and that love is unconditional. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, go back to Ephesians chapter 5 now. Verse 25. Ephesians 5, 25. Husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So I want to stop there because of our time. So two things I want us to pick. <laughs> we make loving our, our wives primarily in this generation about sex. That's, that's the concept that's big in our generation. But God talks about two things. Talk about sacrificial love and sanctifying love. Sanctifying by the word and sacrificing as Christ did. Two words I want you to pick. If you're a man, those are the two words that should be big on your head. Do I sacrificially love my wife? And am I sanctifying her by the washing of water by the word? That's very key. Am I responding to her by the word? Am I speaking to her by the word? That gives us the role of the fact that, listen, we, you know, the washing of water there talks about like purifying, cleansing. And that's what happened. If you go to Esther chapter 2 verse 17 and Psalm 45 verse 13. Before the kings were to see the women, they had to be properly baited and washed. And, and get, they were to be gotten ready for the king. You do that by the word. Which means that as a man, you begin to take spiritual responsibility for the release of the word in your home. And that's why we men, we need to stand up. Because listen, that's only how we can... You, you, you are not only the head of your wife just to get food and bring money. Bringing money alone is not the only provision you have to bring as the father of the house. You are responsible for the spiritual atmosphere of your house. You're responsible for making sure that as your wife is growing up, she's growing up sanctified, purified, washed in the word, which means that all your interaction has to be word-based. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I wrote something here. I said, your wife exists to bring glory to God. This means your task as a loving husband is to be committed and creatively helping her to do this. It is your task to help her unleash her gifts, her talents, her passions, for the intent of bringing glory to God. John Piper said, Marriage is meant to be a living drama of how Christ and the church should relate to each other. Headship is not a right to command and control. It is a responsibility to love like Christ, to lay down your life for your wife in a servant leadership method. So when we talk about headship in the context of biblical marriage, it's not about command and control, rather it's about servant leadership bringing that body up into perfection. And that's what Jesus did for us, out of love. And where I think we've missed it a bit is we've just taught men to be self-sacrificing in terms of just making sure there's food at home. And so there's a lot of economic sacrifice, but there's no spiritual sacrifice. There's no spiritual sacrifice. And so you find that is, that's a missing link. If you ask most children, you just go and ask most children, they would rather, if you ask, them most, if you ask most children about their faith, very few will point to their fathers. More we point to their mothers. And unconsciously, I mean, even if you study in data, I see that in my own life and in the life of our family, you see that unconsciously, even because of the way we've been raised, we have delegated spiritual maturity to the women. Now, the reason is because we were also raised that way. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. We were raised that way and we were not taught otherwise. So we just grew up in a home where the women, you know, organized the morning devotion, organized the prayers, organized this thing, and we just made sure that there was food in the table. 
But you see, if we look at this scripture carefully, you will discover that the role for bringing the word, you also even have a spiritual responsibility to pastor in your wife, to making sure she's pastored properly. Praise God. And that's your spiritual responsibility. It should be that by the time your wife got married to you, she's growing spiritually. Praise the name of the Lord. And she's not the one encouraging you to grow. You're the one taking the lead. You're not just taking the lead in making sure there's money at home. You're taking the lead in spiritual responsibility and spiritual maturity and spiritual growth in the things of the Father in the house. Submission is not slavish. It's not coerced. That's not the way Christ wants the church to respond to his leadership. He wants it to be free, willing, and glad. Uh, you should do it in a happy way. When you are submitting to your husband, you're submitting now in response to that sacrificial love. You're not submitting because of dictates and commands. You're submitting in response to that sacrificial love that comes from the Father. Are we, are we together on this now? So, you see, this is, these are the things we need to learn more because right now, what this makes us to do is to start renewing our mind. I remember one time, my, I remember one time my wife said, uh, you're going to pray with the children. I said, okay, it's fine. So I go into their room and immediately they saw me it was time to pray. They all started laughing. You know, they just, they, I'm sure in their mind they feel, I'm not sure this prayer is going to be answered until mommy comes and prays. And that day, I just realized, oh, these guys, you know, because unconsciously, how many of you understand what I'm saying? You know, sometimes Judah will just look at you, oh, like, are you sure this prayer is a serious prayer? If I see you in the prayer atmosphere, they just start laughing. It's like, this is a strange figure, it's not supposed to be here. But that's not the way God wants us to lead. He says, I'm going to cause these things to come to pass because I know that Abraham is going to command his children. To walk in my way. So men, I just urge you. We have more spiritual responsibility. We need to rise up and make sure that not only our children, we are the ones building our wives up in the way of the, in the, way of the Lord and in the faith that God has given to us. Headship is the divine calling of a husband to take primary responsibility for Christ-like servant leadership in protection and provision in the home. While submission is the divine calling of a wife to honor and affirm a husband's leadership role and help carry it out according to the gift that the husband has. Now, two things that I want to build on and, and, uh, and I'll summarize here and we'll pick up when next we have this gathering is this. Number one, the man has the responsibility to sacrificially love the wife as Christ loved the church. And this love doesn't have to be earned. It doesn't have to be earned. So we are not building a love in our homes where if the wife does well, you respond. If she does not do well, you punish. If she does well, you respond. No, we're building a home where you say, listen, I'm going to love you as the word of God commands me to love you. And that is going to be sacrificial agape love. Say, okay, but what if my wife is not behaving well? then you now have that responsibility to begin to sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That adjustment you need your wife to make, you will not become her pastor. Is that not what Christ does for us? Come on. Is that not what Christ does for us? We come to Christ, we're, we're, we're believers, right? And then some of us are kind of believers, we still do things we shouldn't do. How does the Holy Spirit teach us? The Holy Spirit starts guiding us into all truth. Am I right? That's your role. So you now take the responsibility and start using the word to guide your wife into all truth. That means that you should have what times together, you should read together, you should study together, you should be in meetings like this together. And after hearing this truth, don't just write them in your journal. Go back home. That's the idea. Just go back home and say, hey, listen, what we heard today, what adjustments do we need to make? Where do you think I need to stand up more? It's like, guy, you're not praying enough. Okay, let's get into prayer. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? So the first thing is that the love that comes from the man has to be sacrificial. In the same way, Christ's love was sacrificial. And number two, it has to be sanctifying. And this is done by the word. It is through the water of the word that you wash your marriage clean. 
It is true, it's not through the water of what your elders say, not through the water of what your grandmother said. No, it's through the water of the word. In our next class, we're going to progress into when he talks about nourishing and caring. But I don't want to rush this thing because when, these, are not, <laughs> these are some things that will take us our whole life to practice. Are you following what I'm saying? It's not how many messages you can get in. No. Just go back with these two keys. Number one, I'm going to submit to my, to my, to my, to my husband in everything as I submit to him in Christ. Number two, but t- today is really men's day, right? It's like, today's men's day, like, it's sacrifice. And this sacrifice is not just how much you bring for bag of rice. We're looking at spiritual sacrifice now. How much of the word are you bringing into your home? How much love are you? You see, your, your children ought to see you and understand how God relates to us. You have to typify that love. Yeah, there's a scripture I want to read. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's just read that scripture. Last scripture. Colossians 3.19 Colossians 3.19 Praise God Colossians chapter 3 and verse 19 Thank you Lord Jesus Husband Love your wives And do not Be bitter towards them Wow Wow (laughs) Can you see that instruction It says husband love your wives And do not be bitter towards them Can we read the Amplified Version? It says, Husbands, love your wives. Amplified. Look at these words. With an affectionate, sympathetic, selfless love that always seeks the best for them. You know, most of the love we are taught is affectionate love. Right? The romance, buy cloth, buy lipstick, send text. That's the affectionate one. The real love I'm dealing with today is the selfless love that seeks the best for them. How many of you know that's the love that was described in 1 Corinthians 13? That it seeks the best. Even when your wife is not acting right, you look for the best. You believe the best. Praise the name of the Lord. Husband, love your wives with an affectionate, sympathetic, selfless love that always seeks the best for them. And do not be embittered. Or resentful towards them because of the responsibilities of marriage. <laughs> That's what I like about the apply. It says the responsibility of marriage can make you bitter towards them. The scripture says faith works by love. And a lot of homes cannot see the result of faith because there's so much bitterness. Praise the name of the Lord. So the Lord tells us to love our wives selflessly, always seeking the best for them. And I'll tell you, listen to me, the best you can seek for your wife is not just the material things you buy for her, it's her spiritual growth. It's her spiritual growth. Making sure she's fed the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Making sure she's, she's receiving the word of God. She's learning the word of God. There's running wrong in getting one and say, oh, today's meeting. What did you learn from the meeting today? What, what are you doing? You're building her up. You must make your wife know that she's also responsible to you spiritually, her spiritual growth. Because you know what? Her own growth and maturity will save you one day. There are days the Lord will be able to speak to her if the Lord cannot get across to you. So you don't want a wife who can't even hear God. So look at this. I like this now. I like this. It says, husbands, love your wives with an affectionate, so all the romantic talk, sympathetic, Love, selfless love that always seek the best for them. Always. All the time. And do not be embittered or resentful toward them because of the responsibilities of marriage. The best marriage message I ever heard in my life was by a man called Reverend Cole Iosho. And he said something that day. He said, listen, if God says love your wife as Christ loved the church, you make up your mind. And tell yourself from the day you get married, I'm going to love you as Christ loves the church, regardless of your actions. I'll stay true to God's word. And if your actions are way out of there, you and God will have that issue to deal with. And I think of all the marriage messages I heard, that was the only one that was really rooted in the word. To say, listen, I am making this decision based on this word. 
Can you see people who say, you know, I used to love my wife until she started changing. And what happened? As they started changing, then they started changing also. And you know what? If two people keep changing like that, you give them a number of years, they are going to become two of the most bitter <laughs> arch enemies. Have you sat down with some married couples and tried to counsel them and you wondered, how did these two people get together in the first place? It's like everybody's looking for a point. This one says that. This one brings this way. This one says, and you're like, listen, are both of you enemies trying to reconcile or you were married people who there's a problem and we want to solve? What happened? What happened there? You see, everybody started responding out of the word. So the wife did it saying, hey, you do this, okay, I will catch you. And then the woman do this. And then before you know, both of them start using sex, you deny each other, you want to sleep with your wife, oh, she's got headache. Then the day your wife wants to sleep with you, oh, you have an account to finish. And before you know, both of you will start plotting tactics, and you know the enemy is so powerful. Strategies will come. Ideas will come. Both of you become mafia kings in the same house. And by the time we realize it, both of you can't stay together any, any longer. I say, oh, it's the devil. Most times it's not the devil. It's us making him our mind up that we're not going to act the word. You know what? None of these things I've taught you tonight can work if you don't make up your mind to say, listen, I want to act based on the word. Because there are times that your wife is going to do stuff and you're like, man, I need to just teach this woman a little lesson. Not so much. Not just, just, just introduction. And by the time she sees the introduction... You know, I say, ah, I didn't know you were this wicked. I've not even started. This is just the beginning. But I just want you to know the capacity I have to, to do certain things. It's just that I'm having mercy on you. Now, this is what's going to happen. The woman is going to start submitting to you. But you know how, why she's going to start submitting to you now? Out of fear. But the scripture says, perfect love casts out fear. Have you, have you heard some women talk and say, man, my husband, I fear that man. That man can kill somebody who... And then you feel that the woman is very submissive, but she's not. She's submissive out of fear, not out of love. But where there is perfect love, it will cast out fear. So my wife is not submitted to me because she feels that I have capacity for evil. Rather, she's submitted to me because she sees the love of God flow out of, out of, out of. Are you following what I'm saying? And I'm not wanting my wife to submit to me so that I can prove to her that I'm the head. No. If my identity of being a man does not come for Christ, I will hurt her instead of loving her. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. We ask, Father God, that you would just open our hearts tonight and help us, especially the men that have access to this word all over the world. We will just begin to love as Christ loves in our Homes will be a reflection of this love. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575 God bless you.